Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch uh, knows nothing. And I'm a bad boy. I'm in a timeout. I'm in a timeout. Uh, YouTube did not like me making money off of my Learn to Fight stream, so they kicked me out for a week. So, fine, whatever. I think what we're going to do is we're going to migrate the Learn to Fight stream over to, to um, Rockfin here exclusively. Maybe, maybe I might still go up on, you know, maybe I should just do it exclusively here. You know, you want to see Learn to Fight, come over here. I won't make it premium, but I'm just going to do it here. We'll do it twice a week still. Maybe we'll even do it more. Maybe we'll do it more than twice a week and just keep pumping them out over here because it's stupid. Like, they're trying to make self-defense illegal. They have BS excuses about the youth. But I don't know. I don't know. There are fights, and then there's... <clears throat> excuse me. There's... Uh, UFC uh, dirty bathwater stuff to talk about, right? Because they unsealed some docs, they declassified some of the names or whatever, and you can see now what some of the stars were making, what what uh, what numbers are real, and what was made up and BS. Those got people, the people, um, there's a lot of wrong people because they were they were severely underpaid, severely underpaid. Uh, the documents show. And then I'm also going to talk about um, some of the some of the other financial stuff that's come out. And it, man, it's so it's so stomach turning. Like these, it's it's hard to believe these people aren't paid. That posters that say the stuff they say. Like they're just drinking so much of the Kool Aid, the UFC promoter Kool Aid, that they just repeat it. Even when they're looking at an article and and information in front of them that's telling them that they're wrong. Um. We get some of the financials about Bellator and uh, Strikeforce from the 2010-2016 time period. And we kind of see how they were doing financially, where they were making their money, where they were losing their money, and how much they were paying their athletes. That's really interesting stuff. We'll get to that towards the end. First, we're going to talk about uh, there was a fight night. And there were some decent fights. Um, I think notably uh, uh, the... Uh, Man, I can't pronounce any of these people's names. <laughs> K.U. Fernandez and uh, Mark Dekisis. Fantastic fight. It went to a decision, but this was the multi-tier type fights I like. They're on the ground. They're on their feet. They're throwing hard punches. They're doing good work. I could honestly have called that a... Um, you know, either way, either guy, I could have had pick and win in that fight. I can't say uh, necessarily that it was one-sided anyway. anyway I, I would probably have to seriously look back and watch it a second time because there were a number of uh, nice transitions and scrambles in that fight. It was a good fight, man. Deacassi, uh, am I saying it right? Deacassi, he's always in a pretty pretty uh exciting fights and fernandez looked great even in the loss he looked really good um angela hill doing her job as the gatekeeper shutting the door on gomez shutting it hard you got somebody 
who's eight and two coming in there, much younger. And Angela Hill was was fifteen and thirteen at the beginning of that. She was about she was almost almost fifteen and fourteen. And uh, she held her ground, <laughs> held her ground, shut the door on Gomez. I don't know what's next for Gomez. She might have to go back to where she came from. Um, the light heavyweight fight. It's always great for the big guys to get in there. Uh, Brokoskis and Petrino. Petrino is a is a monster. He is. He looks strong. He's big. Uh, Bukakis was doing all right for a moment, but there was a there was a period of time. There's a second where uh, Petrino just said, "You know what? I'm just going to grab you by the legs and throw you down." And he did. And he did effectively. Uh, big, strong guy. I don't. I don't. That's the first I think I've seen him though. Petrino. This is his first first year. What's he got? He's got a uh, uh, Tur Turkolj. That's right. I remember him fighting Turkolj. Then uh, Pacino. Pacino. I don't think I saw that fight. Now this fight with Koskis. Let's let's see. Let's see. Okay. Three fights in a year, three wins. Interesting. And then uh the Dos Santos and Fakretinov, 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 Fakretinov. Uh, good fight. Fakretinov is tough. Was it really a draw? I got up and went, I thought Fakretinov won that. I went to the bathroom. What was the, uh, I mean, I guess, was it an even, was it an even round somewhere? Which round was even? Even 9-9 round or something? But I had, all the way up until the very last, you know, stretch, Fakretinov I thought was doing really well. Dos Santos was tough, but uh Fakretinov's long arms his ability to grapple uh he's a little reckless with the punches he's a little reckless unfortunately and that that um i think caused problems for him well yeah i guess it was a, a, a draw i did not surprise ending for me because i i, I thought Fakretinov did enough but it was so close because this, right at the end, Elizio Zalekski Dos Santos was starting to put the beat down on Frakretinov. I will say, though, I, I don't think Frakretinov was that, was that out, was that damaged by it because, honestly, he was, like, looking up, looking for the clock. He was getting hit, but I don't, I don't think – it seemed like the punches were doing that much because it didn't really slow him down. It was weird. It's kind of like a, a Night of the Living Dead type thing. He just kept moving, no matter how hard he got hit. Well, yeah, that was a good fight. Um, I don't know. That's one of those tough ones because both guys are tough. They're both coming up, trying to make some noise. And um, would you have them do a rematch? I don't know. And at welterweight, you need some new blood at welterweight. You need some people to mix things up. I say Renat needs to fight. 
somebody more named, you know, give him a Gilbert Burns or something. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it could be before his uh, new contract, massively underpaid. I think you're right. I can't. Uh, Hamzamir is up on uh, Rockfin in the comments. I don't have a uh, a way to share that on my other screen or this main screen. They're not linked. We don't have that support from uh, Restream yet to Rockfin. And I type too slow, so I just have to read them off and <laughs> and uh, answer the stuff here. Um, yeah, Khabib was underpaid before uh, his new contract. He had won a lot of fights. He was bringing a, a lot of people with him. But again, you know, you don't have a independent ranking system. You don't have an amateur system. You don't have anything that lets people know, hey, this guy's qualified. This guy's notoriety levels. This guy's stuff is intact and fits and he should get and be paid, you know, be getting paid a certain amount, a certain percentage, a certain take at what he's bringing in. Whereas if, you know, we had independent rankings who ranked everybody and, 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 any ranking could jump to other promotions easily to fight the other rankings and get those rankings that they needed to climb the ladder. Then we would know. People would have heard, oh, there's this guy making waves, moving up the ladder. He beat he beat the number 20 guy. He beat the number 13 guy. He beat the number 10 guy. We got to get him in the UFC now. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say friends, right? Amir is saying after the counter fight, Khabib became friends, and he is protective of the UFC now, unfortunately. I don't believe that they're friends, and I don't think he's protecting the UFC. I think he's protecting his fighters, his family, his guys that he's bringing up uh, to fight because that's still the way. That's still the way to fight. That's still the plan. It's still father's plan. And that means he has to deal with dirty business and he's probably doing his best to protect his people. I don't think he's protecting Dana and the UFC. I think he's trying to protect his people so that they continue to have a pipeline into big fights and, and make money. You know, I think he would, he's one of the guys too that I think would benefit greatly for the changes that are coming from the lawsuit because he's, he's promoting now. And if his guys can get ranked, and leave the UFC and keep their rank. How do you think that would bolster his promotion? Pretty damn good. If uh, Makachev is the champ and his year-long contract comes to an end and he's like, hey, I want this much money, UFC. And they're like, no, nah, well, you're not worth that. We're not paying you that. He's like, okay. Signs with Habib. He goes, fights Eagle FC. He's the number one contender in the world. He can fight for the Eagle FC title first fight, and now he's title holder over there. Still number one guy ranked in the world. Everybody from all the other promotions are going to want to try and go and fight him there. What's the problem? 
what's the problem? Oh, we don't like fighters having rights and freedom to actually go out and make their own way. We want them to be servants. We want to tell you what to do. Get out of here. Yeah, you're right, Hamzamir. I think that's weird. He's saying, unfortunately, the UFC doesn't promote Brazilian light heavyweights except Pereira, Walker. They have others who aren't promoted at all. That That's, I mean, does the WWE promote every single guy who has a similar shtick? No. Like, they only need one guy per weight class. They only need one character, one style. Oh, we already got, we already got the Brazilian guy with that type of story. Unless you have something that sticks out, you know, they got Pereira. He's got he's got a, a built-in story because of his history with Adesanya. They can lean into the uh um what do you call it? The uh uh indigenous stuff too when he puts on his pain in the in the feathers and stuff, which is really cool. But they can lean on that. What, what, who else is what else, what's the other guy's story? Does he have as good of a story? Does he have good as optics? So they're gonna push the guy that they're gonna cash in on the most. That's what I'm saying, man. It's it's not really a sport, it's production. If there was a better fighter whose story wasn't as good, they're they're gonna put him to the side. They're not gonna give him the big fights, they're gonna make things rough for him. They're gonna keep him hungry and on the back burner in case they need him. And if they don't, tough. They'll, we'll just use you to build the guys we want, how we want. I mean, yeah, if you if you uh, are one of the guys who's strong enough to just keep winning, like like Khabib, you just got to keep winning. Yeah, he, he's he's using his weight because he's he's there and he's got Ali Abdizaz. He's got a bunch of guys under representative. He's representing. Um, so yeah, they're pushing their guys hard to the UFC. They got guys everybody everywhere, man. There, you know, when you have these huge conglomerate organizations that manage a load a buttload of people all at the same time, that's that's weird, man. It's a ugly business. All right, so we're going to the main card. Elves Branner and uh, Chris Chusky. Pretty good fight. Um, pretty good back and forth for a minute until Brenner landed that crazy punch that he was he won it huge and he caught him just like above the ear, right on the ear. That was wild. Because it wasn't super clean. He just sniped him right right on that ear. And that was enough to just discombobulate the central nervous system. Shut the computer down. Had to, had to reset real fast. And Kanan, uh, he did a face plant. Pretty hard face plant. Quite the, quite the knockout. Elvis Brenner. Elvis Brenner. I don't know if I've seen Brenner. What's he got? He's got a he's got a K over Kuta Taladze. Katut Katut Kate Kutate 
Katata Ladze. He's got a KO over him, and then this is his second fight. He's got two KOs. It's a round three one, so guys got some power. Or is that accuracy? Is he just good at sniping people behind the ear? Uh, the Abus Magomedov and Chao Baharalo. Good fight. I I don't know. I'd have to watch it back a little bit. Did, did I miss a little something? I thought uh, Abus did good. I, I might have missed some control somewhere on the ground. But um, Rallo, I've said the same thing for a lot of his fights. He he's good on the ground. He's good at those positions. But he needs he needs to find damage. He needs to do the damage. He needs to sneak the elbows in. He needs to do the ground pound. He needs to find it. Always busy. Even if he's holding a position, he's got to be hitting body and dropping elbows somewhere. Knees at the body. You gotta you gotta take every opportunity to work the guy as much as possible in those positions. I should know. I got like over 2,100 significant strikes in the top 10 all time with only 18 fights. Everybody else has more fights. Um, heavyweights, like watching the heavyweights, always big power. But this fight, man, this fight... I felt like could have had a lot more <laughs> oomph. Could have had a lot more. Could have gone a lot more places. Could have done a whole lot more. But I don't know if they ran out of gas or they were just too respectful of each other's power. But I felt like a lot of this fight was just these guys hunching over and, you know, trying not to fall down, breathing on each other. I think they hit each other with the, with their breath. More than they punched and kicked each other. Uh, there's a couple flashes of goodness where some guys land some big punches. Uh, Fiera, he he did land a little bit of a head kick once, but I didn't I didn't see any significant damage throughout this whole fight. I, I think I don't know if he guys just got tired, got gassed out. Is I don't think San Paulo's at an uh, altitude. I don't know. The co-main event. This was a really good fight. This was cool. This was a good fight. And it was uh, Bonfim in Dalby. Bonfim, he's, he needs to train with Barlo and show him some of the ground and pound positions. And Because he's always working for those dominant jiu-jitsu type positions, but he's landing in the transitions. He's landing the punches, landing the elbows. He did good. Dalby took um, a... Facial beating, an external beating. The, you know, they were saying damage, damage, damage. But I, I don't agree with their uh, definition of damage. When they say damage, they say, oh, he's bleeding or he's swollen. That That's their damage. You look at the damage done. Some guys just bleed a lot. To me, damage is when, when you make a noticeable change in behavior. Your head snaps back a lot. You stumble. Um, you have to switch which lead leg you have because one leg is uh, hurt and you've got to hide it and protect it. If you get hit in the body and you wince and you're protecting your body, like those are noticeable changes in behavior that make me say, oh, that, that was a damaging blow. That did damage to him. Um, 
just bleeding from the nose, bleeding from the lip, having swelling, that, that doesn't really do it for me. I'm sorry. I know it looks bad. A lot of people will say, oh, my God, look at the swelling and the, and the uh, split lip and the whatever. And it's just like, mm, yeah, but, like, if they are still moving forward, if it didn't look like it changed their trajectory, I don't really consider it damage. It's superficial. I don't think superficial stuff counts. And Bonfin did a lot of superficial stuff to Dalby, I think, because Dalby never stopped moving forward. His pace maintained. He might have gotten bad positions. He might have gotten hit with something clean. Uh, I'm not saying there wasn't any damage done. I'm just saying the way they were using it, just because his face was bleeding and messed up, I don't think because he was still moving his head and still coming forward whenever he could. That to me is not a damaged person, right? That that is somebody who is bleeding a lot. But some people have soft faces. Some people bleed a lot. I really believe that. You know, if you hit the Terminator a bunch of times and his skin's falling off and he's bloody, did you really damage him? It's superficial. No, he's still coming forward. You know, the Terminator's coming to kill you. It's in the name. He's terminating you. So I don't think a little skin work necessarily constitute damage. It's not enough for me. It's not enough for me to, like, say this guy's messed up. Now, some people, when their face gets damaged, like, and their heads are snapping back, like, you see, you see behavioral change. You know, you do. You really do. Uh, who is it? Joanna, right? When her she had the swollen head. Yeah, that's superficial, swollen thing. But I feel like you could see it in her eyes. It's just like, oh, this is my head fucking hurts. <laughs> like, it hurts. And, um, you know, I think slowing down from something like that, and you, you can just see it in the back of their head that that's bothering them. That's damage. But I, I just saw uh, Nicholas Dalby hitting the gas and pushing through. Just saying, I think he was in that fight and would not let go of that fight throughout the whole thing. So I think that was uh, amazing that he finally got to that position where he compiled enough uh, of the combinations to, to get Bonefim out of there. That's a, that's a solid win over a really tough fighter. What do you guys think next for Dolby, huh? That's pretty good. Oh, okay. Main event, main event. Almeida and Derek Lewis. I was excited for this because Almeida is a promising prospect. He's a lighter heavyweight, but he's fast, still powerful. He's walking at 235. This guy needs to he needs to take a little bit of time and lift and put on some weight, I think. Get up to like 245. But he fought Derek Lewis, who um, 
has just got the anti-jujitsu game a lot of times and crazy knockout power, crazy knockout power. The number of fights that he's he's finished and knocked people out is un, uh, unbelievable. Dude's a monster, right? Big, big power. But Almeida did a great job. Uh, would use push kicks and his length to get Lewis to back up to the fence, shoot his double. Uh, he shot under punches a number of times and then just outworked Lewis on the ground, uh, getting to mount positions. He needed way more ground and pound. I think he was so afraid of Lewis's anti-jujitsu style where he just kind of sits up and pushes guys off of him. 